Hi, peeps. You're listening to She's My Cherry Pie, the baking podcast from the Cherry Bomb Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jesse Sheehan. I'm a baker, recipe developer, and author of three baking books, including my latest, Snackable Bakes. Each Saturday, I'm hanging out with the sweetest bakers around and taking a deep dive into their signature bakes. We just wrapped season two of our show. Thank you for making it the number one baking podcast in the U.S. I'm taking a little break before the next season begins, so I'm sharing one of our very first episodes. My guest is Jocelyn Delk Adams of Grand Baby Cakes, and we're talking all things pound cake. Jocelyn is the author of two baking books, The Grand Baby Cakes Cookbook and Everyday Grand, Soulful Recipes for Celebrating Life's Big and Small Moments. Jocelyn shares her best tips and tricks for making pound cake. Plus, she guides me through her recipe for 7-Up Pound Cake, which you can find on cherrybomb.com. She's also got lots of other pound cake recipes on her own website, grandbabycakes.com. Jocelyn will join me in just a minute. I have a little Cherry Bomb housekeeping to share with you. The Cherry Bomb team is on the road for a special dining series in partnership with Open Table. It's called Sit With Us, and it kicks off this coming Thursday in Austin, Texas, at Olamay Restaurant. The team is also hosting dinners in New York City, Los Angeles, and San Francisco. Go to cherrybomb.com and click the Events tab for more details. Come solo or bring a friend or two and enjoy a great evening of food and conversation. The team would love to see you. Thank you to Plugra Premium European-Style Butter for supporting today's show. You might be new to Plugra Premium European-Style Butter, but it's been a favorite in my fridge for some time. Summer is finally here, and that means stone fruit and berry season. And Plugra will be my go-to when making fruit pies, cobblers, and more. I love that Plugra contains 82% butter fat. Higher butter fat content means less moisture and more fat, which is precisely what you're looking for when baking. Plugra European-style butter is available in different forms and varieties for all your cooking and baking needs. They're salted and unsalted sticks and solids, and also Plugra Extra Creamy Butter with olive oil and sea salt, one of my faves. If you've learned of anything listening to She's My Cherry Pie, it's that ingredients matter. The next time you bake, reach for Plugra and taste the difference it makes. From professional kitchens to your home kitchen, Plugra Premium European-Style Butter is the perfect choice. Ask for Plugra at your favorite supermarket or specialty grocery store, or visit plugra.com for a store locator. Let's check in with today's guest. Jocelyn, thrilled to be chatting with you on She's My Cherry Pie. <laughs> I love that introduction, and thank you for saying my name with such zest. Jocelyn! Oh. <laughs> I'm a very zesty lady. So before we talk about pound cake, I want to hear more about how Grand Baby Cakes came to be. I loved this line from your TED Talk. You said, facts tell, stories sell. And I'm super excited for you to share your story with us. And as I understand it, you didn't even realize you had the baking gene, as your family calls it, until you were in your 20s. Can you tell us what made you realize you had the gene? Well, actually, I think it had a lot to do with overwork. 
So I was in <laughs> I was in a job that I was completely exhausted from. Like every single day I would come home from work and I would just literally pass out because I was working insane hours. And I needed some type of an outlet where I felt like I could create some sort of zen and just relaxation. And at the time, it felt more like a hobby. So I started baking recipes that I grew up with. I started baking my grandmother's pound cakes to sort of calm me down after a crazy day. And I would take them to work and everyone would just completely swoon and eat every last crumb. And then I started to sell them because people were like, well, can you bake a cake for so-and-so's birthday? Can you bring one in next week, you know, for an anniversary? And I was like, sure. And then I took my little one bedroom apartment in Chicago and turned it into like a sort of pound cake factory at that time. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. The original pound cake factory. That <laughs> the is original. so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and from there, that sort of led to your idea to start the blog or what was the impetus for that? Yes. I actually had a friend, um, a really amazing friend. Her name is Leslie, who told me to start a blog. She was like, you're always sharing recipes and you're always baking. She was like, you should start a blog. And I was like, like a food blog? Like, I mean, it was, you know, there weren't a lot of food blogs around at that time. There were just a few that everyone sort of knew. And this was like 10, 11 years ago. So this was still sort of, at you know, early in terms of food blogs becoming what they are now. Like, there was nothing like this. So when I started, I literally was just like, I bought you know, a template on Etsy for $99. And I used my iPhone to take photos. Incredible. And I I wanted to say that I do think of you as like an OG blogger, 100%. (laughs) But it's true. Like back in the day when those of us that weren't blogging were looking, we'd be like, oh my gosh, what is this? Recipes on the web, on that thing called the computer? Yeah. I just, at the time, I was like, I'm not sure, you know, what this would even entail. And I was just just talking about stories, like, growing up and how my grandmother taught me so much about her different recipes. And I would just add a spin here and there and, and really sort of just let it take shape, you know, authentically and just naturally. And And I didn't necessarily have anything in mind about what it was going to be. Like, it was just a creative outlet at the time, seriously. So cool. Can you tell us about um, where the name came from? Yes. So uh, it's actually twofold. Like, people always say, oh, well, I get it. You're the grandbaby because, you know, of my grandmother. She's sort of the muse for my brand. And um, I was her grandbaby. But the baby cakes, when I was bringing, I used to work for Ebony Magazine. And when I was bringing cakes to work, they used to call me baby cakes. And so I literally just put the two together and I was like grandbaby and then the baby cakes. And I was like grandbaby cakes. So maybe you started the blog in like 2012-ish, and then by 2014, you had a cookbook deal. You had like were able to quit your job. I mean, that is amazing, Jocelyn. What was that like? So I will say this. It was very scary. Um, (laughs) I was not one of those people who had like completely blown up by 2014 where it was just you know, oh, you should definitely quit your job. Like, you've got money rolling in. No, it was definitely a jump off the ledge and just hope something catches me moment. 
And I was just very much in love with what I was doing in terms of grandbaby cakes. And I felt like it was just all consuming. It was everything I was thinking about. Like I was waking up with recipe ideas and concepts and I was going to work like, uh, you know, when is lunchtime so I can start working on a blog post? When can I get home so I can test recipes? When is it the weekend so I can shoot recipes and style them and put them on my website? You know, I, all I wanted to do was work on grandbaby cakes, period. It was everything at that point. And my boss, he literally said to me, he's like, um, you need to make a decision. He kind of gave me this really soft ultimatum where he was like, you do amazing work here, but you need to make a decision because, you know, you're not fully here anymore. You're just not. And I never, like, thought, I thought I was actually doing a great job of hiding the fact that I, apparently not. I was not doing a great job at hiding the fact that I was like, mm, this is like my side gig, but Grandbaby Cakes is like my real deal gig. Well, you know what's hilarious is your enthusiasm, which is like so infectious, like I'm getting excited, like like I'm I'm grandbaby, I'm the grandbaby here. Um, that I can imagine that if that's what you were walking around with at work, your 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 boss was probably like, "Hello, yeah, Jocelyn? yeah." Anytime they were like, "You've got to stay after work to work on like a different event," and I was like, "Oh no." <laughs> what? This is taking time away from grandbaby cakes, like my true love. And it was just obvious. It was just so obvious. So I was at the point where I'd received two emails back to back from two different literary agents. And so I decided that maybe that was like the sign I needed that even though I wasn't you know, in the financial place I I felt that I probably should have been, but I'm just a risk taker in general. I'm just kind of like, I'll go out there and just see what happens and I can always get another job. My parents, on the other hand, were like, you need to stay where you are. <laughs> that mortgage of yours won't pay for itself. And I was like, oh, it's fine. So I just literally was like, I came in literally two days later and gave my letter of resignation. And I was at the Chicago Urban League. I was only there for like maybe five months. So I like moved around a lot because I was like always trying to find exactly where I wanted to be, not knowing it was going to end up being grandbaby cake. So when I turned in my letter of resignation, my boss goes, I didn't think that you were going to make a decision so quickly. I wanted you to kind of mull on it and think about it. And I was like, nope, nope, I'm done. Thanks. I love that. And I think most people know, but can you tell us a little bit about, like, what we find when we go to grandbabycakes.com? Like, what kind of recipes are there? Sure. So when it first started, it was all mostly just desserts. I was a dessert-centric website, just basically sharing either traditional generational recipes that were passed down in my family, or I was putting my spin on them. So you could find the classic and the modern. And so now I've really ventured into savory. I would think I started that maybe seven years ago, started mixing in more savory. And now you can find Pretty much everything, comfort food, um, lots of Southern inspiration, soul food inspiration, and just food that, you know, you remember your grandmother making or something where you just want something that feels comforting, but you want sort of that modern twist. I specialize in that. That's such a great intro to my next question, (laughs) which is, do you want to chat a little bit about your new book? Because that has a savory angle. Yes. So I was very nervous about writing another book. 
this time I wanted to do something that just felt so joyful, just so colorful, so vibrant, so me, just like my personality splashed across a cookbook. And that's what I think Everyday Grand represents. I wanted people to feel, especially after the pandemic, when I was writing it and working on it, I felt the need to truly want to celebrate every single day as it comes and no longer think about just large celebrations, Christmas, Thanksgiving, everything that people just wait to celebrate and wait to have their big feast for and the birthdays. But what about those days in between? the moments where you can just celebrate, you know, hey, you conquered that 5K or, you know, hey, you changed a tire for the first time. How can we figure out how to bring food, which brings so much of us together, these amazing recipes, which I am so, so proud of, my first savory cookbook too, and then celebrate all of those moments big and small. And so that's what this book is about. And I'm super excited about it. You and I are going to be talking about pound cake, thank goodness, because I'm so excited. And there is one pound cake recipe in the new book, which I was very excited to see. Yes. Actually, actually, it's so funny. They're technically kind of two. I got got like one where I was almost like, this is sort of one. It's in the breakfast section. But I I mean, I eat cake for breakfast, so everyone should eat cake for breakfast. We are celebrating after all. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Why do you think people love pound cake so much? Oh, Oh, man. Loaded question, loaded answer. So I think it's twofold, right? I think that there is the ability for people to feel like it's accessible. So for those who are baking it, it's not the complication that comes with a layer cake, right? Some people feel very intimidated by that, intimidated by frosting and icing a cake and making it look beautiful. But with a pound cake, the simplicity of it is truly what makes it shine. The simple ingredients that turn into something impeccable, the taste, the flavor, the melt-in-your-mouth texture, all of it coming together, the buttery texture, all of it really sort of makes the cake shine. So it's like these simple ingredients that make something wonderful, and anyone can pull it off. I think that's what really sums it up. I mean, I have to say something I love, at least about your pound cake recipes, I love the short ingredient list. I love the short list of tools. You do not need, I mean, you need a stand mixer, but you don't need to pull out a lot of different things. Right. And the short assembly. All of that appeals to me. Also, being someone who is not, despite the fact that I'm a professional baker, (laughs) I am not great at decorating cakes. I am not one of the... So I love that a pound cake allows you you glaze it. You're done. Glaze it. You're done. You can put powdered sugar on it and serve it with some berries. You're done. You know, it's... It's just one of those things you can throw together and everyone can look like a champ in the kitchen. We'll be right back, peeps. Hi, everybody. This is Carrie Diamond from Radio Cherry Bomb. If you're listening right now, you know that Cherry Bomb has podcasts. But did you know we also have a print magazine? We do. And our latest issue is now available. Maybe you've never bought a magazine in your entire life or you're a print nerd like me. Either way, I'd love for you to check out our magazine. Each issue is thick and gorgeous and printed on lush paper at an independently owned family-run printer in Rhode Island. The pages are filled with great stories, profiles, features, photographs, and recipes. You can subscribe via cherrybomb.com. We have a variety of subscription options waiting for you. If you want to buy copies of Cherry Bomb for your entire team or office or class, 
we also have wholesale bundles available in packs of 5, 10, or 20. And of course, you can pick up a copy of Cherry Bomb at your favorite bookstore, magazine shop, or culinary store. Places like Now Serving in Los Angeles, La Set Patisserie in San Francisco, Jason Home in Chicago, Dear Mom in Indianapolis, and Golden Fig Fine Foods in St. Paul, Minnesota. Happy reading, and thank you for supporting Cherry Bomb. We are going to talk about three-pound cakes yeah. today, which is so, I won't lie, it was so hard for me to figure out which ones I wanted to talk about because <laughs> there are there are brownie swirl pound cakes and cinnamon roll pound cakes and strawberry, cornmeal, peach, caramel. I mean, they're just incredible. Seven-flavor pound cake. I mean, I love, love, love them all. But I wanted to start with sour cream pound cake. Mm-hmm. And I think of it as basic, but I only mean that in that it's not flavored in any special way. Right. Because there is absolutely nothing basic about this recipe. I'm going to first, like, maybe go through the ingredients, and then sure. we'll talk about the tools and the assembly. Obviously, we have butter in this in this pound cake, and you <laughs> and you want it to be room temperature. Can you tell us how you, like, everybody sort of has a different idea about what is room temp butter. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us what temp you want our butter to be when we are pound cake making? So I say room temperature, and I've seen recipes that say softened. And so what I've noticed is if you see someone with butter that looks almost like it's on the brink of, like, melting into a puddle, like you touch it and it completely just melts away, it's too soft. I like it to have a tiny bit more heft in structure, but still be softened to the point where if you were to take your thumb and sort of press it into it, you would have an indent. So it's kind of like that middle ground. Like it's, it's you know, it's been sitting out for a while, maybe 30 to an hour. It's got enough softness, but it is not a complete puddle of melt. Gotcha. That makes sense. And obviously there's sugar in this pound cake. Oh, yeah. It's granulated. And then I'm I'm curious about cake flour. Can you talk to us about why you like cake flour? And I know you like it sifted. Yeah. And I know you can make your own. Can you tell us about those three things? I have played around with different flowers depending on, you know, the structure of the cake. But for the most part, I do use cake flour, especially for this recipe. It creates more of a tender crumb. It doesn't have as much gluten formation in it. And I think it really sort of makes the difference between the texture you would find that would be even more dense and solid than you would in this cake. I know you have a way of uh, making it from scratch if somebody didn't have cake flour in the house? Yeah. So you just have to remove, I think it's like a tablespoon of flour from like all-purpose flour and replace with cornstarch. And then you're going to sift that like repeatedly. You're going to make that as light as a feather. You want that flour to really just be very, very light. And it's just going to soften your batter. And then we have some eggs. We have some salt. We This particular cake, and, and we'll, we'll talk about ones that don't, but this particular cake does have some leavening. Yes. It has some baking soda. And I think that's probably maybe because of the sour cream being acidic. Maybe that's contributing mm-hmm. to that. Tell us, though, what, what does the sour cream add to this cake? Because in some cakes, we're going to use cream cheese. We're going to use different things. What is What does the sour cream add to this particular recipe? So for this particular recipe, it adds moisture. It also adds a lovely tang, like it gives it a different flavor profile because when you spoke earlier about it sort of being like that plain basic cake, it is like it's a cake that really can take on 
many flavors, but it but it also can stand on its own because of that ingredient. It is one that really sort of makes it shine almost in like the simplest of ways. Like it doesn't overpower it, but it really does help it to bring out an additional flavor note. So in terms of tools, we're going to need a stand mixer. You're going to need a flexible spatula. And at least for this cake, you like a fluted a fluted bun pan. I'm sure you would be okay with someone using a non-fluted one. For sure. But can you talk to us about tricks for not having the pound cake stick to the pan? Oh, I think yeah. peeps get so anxious about that moment when you're going to pop that pop that cake. Well, you've talked about baking spray, which maybe you could tell us yeah. about. But you've also talked about a homemade cake release. Yes. Cake release, you may have heard it called cake goop. People, you know, I did a video on Instagram sharing it and like a lot of people like the kitchen and other websites started picking up and showing the video and and people always talk about it. They're like the cake goop, the cake release, and it's homemade and I keep it in my refrigerator all year round. So it's um, equal parts flour, um, shortening and oil. I like to make like a big batch, so I may make like um, one cup of each ingredient, and then I make sure that the uh, shortening is kind of melted down. I whisk it all together, and then I put it in a nice, you know, sealed container that I just keep in the refrigerator, and I brush it into my pans whenever I bake. So I brush it into my bump pans. Make sure you have really good bump pans. Let's talk about that too. So that's really important. Like I know a lot of people who are using bump pans from like, you know, 1962 right now, and they're wondering (laughs) why their cakes are sticking. It's I keep it. I love the nostalgia. Me, it's grandbaby cakes. I get it. Hold on to it for dear life, but just don't bake with it anymore. You need good pans. Like at a certain point, you're going to want to replace it because they will start to stick. So I make sure that my pans are really good. I also like to scald my pans too. My mom taught me this trick. So I scald them with really, really, really hot water and then dry them out, add my cake release, and then I put my batter in and bake, and then I flip around 10 to 15 minutes. I never have sticking. Can I just say I don't even know about the scald technique? It's a mama. It's a mama tip. I have to give that up to my mom. Go ahead, Joyce. She's always scalded her pans. Like, she leaves the pan. So while we're making our batter for the cake, she usually has, like, her bump pan with hot, very hot water running into the pan, making sure it's just it's just helping with the release. It just for her, it's a trick and it's always helped me. So Okay, I'm I'm now in love with Joyce. That is amazing. <laughs> and do you think Joyce does that because it helps melt? When you do put in the goop, it helps the goop stick because it's a little bit gets into warm. all the crevices. It just love really it. just like gets into every area. And I really load that goop in there. Like, don't be shy. Like, you really want to make sure, because I use, like, a pastry brush to make sure I'm getting into all of the different crevices, especially if you're using, like, a more intricate bump pan because there's some gorgeous designs now. You want to just make sure you're getting in every single nook and cranny. I got you. And then just, like, two more quick questions because this is so fascinating. Yes. First of all, do you have a do you have a brand that you want to share? Like, are you always buying blank brand? Or do you think there are lots of great bunt pan brands? Just make sure it doesn't – it's not scratched, I, I will definitely call it out. I love Nordic wear. Like, oh, my okay. gosh. They make – 
stunning, stunning pans. Like, okay. absolutely Amazing. stunning pans. And, and they're really high quality, too. So I love all of the intricate designs. I use them a lot. But I really love the standard classic anniversary pan. That heritage style, just it always looks so clean and elegant. And I use it a lot, especially with the sour cream cake. I'm obsessed with scalding and gooping, but in terms of but in I terms love of the that goop, name. I love that term, the scalding goop. I love it. The scalding goop. Let's take it on the road. Yeah, I think it's like our band. Our band. The goop. Are you kind of melting the vegetable shortening literally, or just whisking it to loosen it and then adding the oil? And well, the, I actually and the flour. Throw it in like the microwave for like a couple seconds, and okay. then it just makes everything really come together really smoothly. Perfect. Especially if it's like in its hardened structure. I really like to just melt. So it's at the point when I've actually whisked everything together. It's basically all melted. You know, and then after a while it starts to set up and it it gets cold. Like I put it in my refrigerator and it sets back up the structure of it. And you use it straight from the fridge. I use it straight from the fridge. Awesome. I just want to say, I mean, the the assembly, as you well know, is super simple. Now, in this cake, for this particular pound cake, you're mixing butter and sugar Mm -hmm. in your stand mixer for about three to four minutes. Yes. And you want to tell people what they're looking for in terms of what you want that sugar and butter to look like when it's time to add the other ingredients? Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, I like to tell them a nice light and fluffy sort of consistency, like the butter itself has almost become very pale. If you want to use the finger trick, too, you can take a little bit and sort of move it around between your fingers, and you want to make sure that the sugar has kind of really sort of disintegrated and melted into that butter so it's not really grainy. If you're still getting a very grainy, you know, consistency, then it probably needs a little bit more creaming. Perfect. Perfect. And then you're adding your eggs and your flour. You say to add that twice and very slowly. Is that Partly because you don't want the flour to explode all over your kitchen. Yeah, it's all vanity here. It's all vanity. We still want to look cute while we're baking, right? We do not want the flour like we just powdered down while we're baking. (laughs) We still want to look cute. That's why. Vanity, totally. 100%. So important. People don't give that enough credit. The vanity (laughs) that we need when we're baking. I love it. Then you're adding salt and soda, your sour cream and vanilla, and baking for like about an hour 15, an hour 20. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a hefty cake. I know people don't always realize how long. I say this about pie, too, right? People don't realize that it takes a long time to properly bake some things. Doesn't mean you're overbaking. It's just how you're getting it perfect. And are you looking for, when you stick a toothpick or a cake tester, are you looking for a few moist crumbs? Are you looking for a clean tester? I like a few moist crumbs. Me too. Yeah, I'm I'm in the few moist crumbs camp. Because I, if there's one thing I hate, it's an overbaked cake. With that sort of heat distribution, as soon as I still take it out and it's going to wait another 10 minutes before I flip and that pan is still very hot, that heat is still baking your cake somewhat. And so if you wait until that cake is totally, completely baked and then take it out for another 10 minutes, you are, you know, losing some moisture there. And you alluded to this before, but basically you want to take it out, let it rest about 10 minutes, and then you do your flip. Yeah. And I like to go around the outside with like a butter knife and really sort of remove the cake just just to make sure it's going to completely come out like nothing comes in. So I kind of slot that knife into the bunt pan and just move around the grooves. I want to move on to cream cheese pound cake. Oh, yeah. 
at least one year you made it almost uh, like uh, more than a hundred times. I did. I just thought we'd like flag some of the differences because I think it can be cool and a little confusing sometimes for for home bakers. Like, well, this is a different recipe, but why? Like, why isn't it exactly the same except for cream cheese? So I thought it would be mm-hmm. interesting to kind of dig deep on that. So the butter is the same, you yes. know, even the same amount for each cake. But you add a teeny bit of oil, which, first of all, I love because what I realize you and I have in common, because you say in Grandbaby Cakes how you you love butter and oil. But if you, I love this, if you don't need the flavor of the butter for one of your cakes, for instance, be it pound or something else, yes. you're an oil girl. And I am so oil all the time. Yeah. I'm always trying to explain to people. Can you talk to us a little bit about why the oil's in this particular cake and why I know you're speaking for me, so I'm just going to say it. Can you tell everyone why we love oil-based cakes? For this cake, what I noticed around, like, you know, the 85th time of baking it. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) So having baked the cake, this cake has a different type of density, right? It's very different from the sour cream cake. The cream cheese doesn't have as much moisture that the sour cream lends to the cake. So I wanted to figure out a way to add additional moisture. So I played around with shortening, which is a fine substitute because it it does a lot of the same thing. And then I started adding oil right into the batter to sort of just replace some of the moisture that I usually would get with the sour cream. I wanted to sort of add that back into this batter. And I think it works really wonderfully. In terms of the oil, right, why I love oil-based cakes, I mean, I love a moist cake, you know, period, right? And I've always, like, uh, when it comes to, like, my chocolate-based cake, red velvet, like, I've noticed that um, because I can add additional flavors to that, I don't need the butter. And so I really rely on the oil because I just really love the texture of that cake, and it's just so delicious and just so moist. And so when I get a chance, when it's more, you do need the butter in that cake, and I sort of still need that flavor, I like to just add some oil into it, whether it's like a like a yellow cake where I know the butter is key to flavor. I just add some additional oil to it. The other thing that's interesting about this recipe versus the sour cream one is that this one has no leavening, whereas the sour cream one does. And because of that, so I'm kind of moving from ingredients over to assembly because the tools are basically the same, it's a longer creaming process. It's up to seven minutes. Can you talk to us about that? Because I think that's the kind of thing people would be like, why can't I do three to four? I did three to four with the other one. Yes. So this cake, and I get asked this all the time. People are like, "Uh, you forgot the baking powder. You forgot the baking powder. I was like, no, I didn't. Nope, nope, nope. It's unnecessary because the creaming period really is so long. It really helps to aerate the cake. Like, I am whipping so much air into the cake. I also use um, my whisk attachment, which a lot of people don't. They love to use a paddle. I My preference is a whisk attachment when I'm making cake batters. I really like to add as much air as possible to my cake batter, and I find that by whipping it with that attachment, it helps. That's amazing. I don't know how I missed that. For all cakes or just pound cakes? It's mostly all cakes, actually. I love that. I love that. And you'll do whisk all the way through, or do you change to paddle when you add flour? No, I just whisk it all the way through. Oh, my gosh. Scalding, gooping, whisking. <laughs> the list goes on. Yeah, peeps. it's it's a personal preference. I will, of course, use a paddle. When I'm done, I sort of go through 
with um, my spatula and just sort of scrape the bottom and just make sure everything gets in. But I just really like the the air, the additional air adds to my cake using the whisk. And then in terms of this cake, it's sort of this. It's the rest of the assembly is pretty much the same yep, as what we did much with the sour same. cream. And pretty much with the baking and the cooling and the inverting. Yep. And I did want to mention, we're not going to talk about it, but there is another pound cake recipe on the site, which is a butter pound cake with heavy whipping cream. Yeah. Which is also just like one of my, I just love putting cream into a cake, whipping that in, and you're just getting even more kind of rich and lush. I love pound cake. I mean... So good. I also wanted to talk briefly about perhaps the best lemon pound cake on the internet, the Grandbaby Cakes Lemon Pound Cake. I love the head note for this one, so I've just got to read it. I've earned the title of Pound Cake Master. I was taught by none other than my big mama, a woman who could whip up the perfect one in a minute from what seems like thin air. Oh, my gosh. And you know how long ago I wrote that? That was so fun to hear you read. Oh, I good. think that I'm I think glad. that recipe came out like seven or six or seven years ago, probably longer. Oh, I love it, but there is a fantastic secret ingredient that I want you to tell everyone about. Yeah. So for this cake, I add in lemon pudding, the instant lemon pudding. So what I actually noticed, and I started doing this like a while back with my cream cheese, like my plain cream cheese. Sometimes I would dabble and add a vanilla pudding just because I wanted to sometimes. And I noticed, like, with doctored cakes, a lot of people, there used to be sort of this hack where they would take, like, a box cake mix and they would add pudding to that. Or you would find um, the box mixes that already had the pudding in them, like, and it says it right on the front cover. And I was like, what if I put pudding right into a pound cake, like a homemade cake? Like, how would that sort of change it? And I was like, I'm going to try that with the lemon cake. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So good. So good. (laughs) I love that so much. And I was going to ask this, but I think you just answered it for me. So if we have a vanilla cake, we could throw in a box of vanilla pudding. I do it all the time. I do it all the time. I love that. First of all, I love, like, I'm obsessed with old kind of hacky types of things. I'm obsessed with boxed cake mix. It's like... Every cake I make, I am trying to make it taste like it came from a box. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, what are the ways in which you can do that? And there's there's some ways to, like, play around with it for sure. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that there's lemon pudding in this. And then also a little bit of zest and then from from So the it lemon, makes you pucker then- a little bit. And then that pudding, it adds more moisture, too. Because I mean, because you're not really making it. But as soon as you add it into the batter and it bakes up, it's basically like pudding was in your cake. And so it's just it just it gives it such a such a wonderful texture and flavor. And it just sort of melts in your mouth and you get that nice sort of like zesty lemon. It's great. I'm literally I'm a, I'm obsessed. I can't I'm I, I, yum. I, I'm just going to leave it at yum. Yeah. And then finally, I mean, I'm so glad we had time to get to this one because this one's super fun. I wanted to talk about Mama's 7-Up Pound Cake with you, which um, I watched you make this, I think it was during the pandemic, maybe towards the end, but on the Today Show, which was really fun to see you do. And I think you said you might have first baked the cake when you were nine, and it's your mom's favorite. Is that all? It's the first cake my mother taught me to bake. Um, It's the first one I learned to bake completely on my own. 
And um, that's why I always tell people, like, you know, if you want to start with a cake where you feel just intimidated by baking, like, you can make this cake. Like, I was making this cake and I was nine. You got this, right? And I, I it's my mom's favorite cake. It's also sort of like her specialty. So whenever we would go to like church functions or we'd go to someone's home, my mom would always bring a seven up pound cake. And she's very specific about it because, you know, people will say, oh, lemon lime pound cake. And she says, no, it's seven up. You do not use any other lemon lime soda substitute. It's just 7-Up. Like, she just has an affinity for the specific flavor of 7-Up and what it does to the cake. The carbonation of it, like, it, it sort of just aerates it and it just gives it such a wonderful flavor. And it's it's also very, very moist. It's also very, very delicious. And it's also a testament to all of the things that you can do to make pound cakes so different. Every single one can taste completely different just from a change of, like, literally one ingredient. So in other words, and this was kind of like, I'm just like the weird science mind, which we all as bakers have to have. Even though we're like, what? Me? I'm not a scientist. It's kind of cool that the 7-Up is really taking the place of the cream cheese or the sour cream. It's that, that's the quote, you know, often you'll break a baking Mm -hmm. recipe down like your fat your sugar, your liquid, as it were. Right. And the sour cream and the cream cheese are kind of the, quote, liquids in the other recipes. But here it is quite, it is soda, which I adore. And that this one, kind of like the cream cheese, has no leavening. Right. So all of those bubbles are bringing, I mean, so, like, thrilled and excited by that. And then it must be sort of less, not the dense is bad, but it must be sort of light in that it doesn't have, like, that cream cheese. It's very, very light. And that's what I like about pound cakes. Very similar ingredients with the exception of one. Like, you switch out one, and you get a totally different result in terms of the texture, in terms of the crumb. The crumb is very different. I mean, it even looks different. And also, that soda really does a lot in terms of flavor. Like, you would just think, oh, you know, it's it doesn't have that much lemon-lime flavor. But when you add in the additional extracts, it really just it really just sings. Like, I love that cake so much. Like, it's still one of my favorite cakes. Yum. It sounds so delicious. And I'm embarrassed to say I am not on the regular purchasing 7-Up, but I might have to start so that <laughs> I can make this You said I'm embarrassed to say <laughs> Um, but it just sounds it just sounds incredible to me. Um, and again, because this one has no leavening like the cream cheese one, it's another kind of seven minute yeah. creaming long process. creaming really- period. And then we also let that aeration, like the bubbles and the carbonation in the in the soda, sort of just lift it even more. Well, that is it in terms of the recipes themselves. But I'd love for you to just talk about the different ways you can serve pound cake. Because you've talked about slices for breakfast or packing them in a lunchbox, I bet, or whipped cream berries. Talk to us about, because this is what's beautiful about all these cakes. Not that I need to tell you, because you know. (laughs) There is a simplicity to all of them. There is this unbelievable rich flavor we know. But then because of the simplicity, you can do so many things when you actually serve them. Can you tell us a teeny bit about how you would do that? Yes. So uh, let's take, for instance, like the sour cream pound cake, the basic in terms of just really nice, lovely, plain flavored pound cake that just holds up with anything. 
that's a cake that I have served literally with just like a sprinkle of um, powdered sugar and a dollop of whipped cream and berries during the summer. I've also served it with homemade caramel sauce. So like I have a a very famous caramel cake called the Real Deal Caramel Cake. And that caramel takes about an hour to two hours to make. It's my Aunt Beverly's caramel. So what I have done is I've always sort of, if I half the recipe, I can probably do the caramel in about 45 minutes to an hour, and then I drizzle that over the top, and it's wonderful. My husband just asked me to make it for Thanksgiving. I was, like, on top of all the 25 other desserts we're having. (laughs) So there's that. And then uh, also, you know, you could add simple glazes. Like, you know, you can add a simple icing with confectioner sugar. And, you know, you could add lemon juice. You could add any type of juice. You could add water. Sometimes it can just be as simple as that. And then you could also add a ganache on top, cream cheese icing. Like that, that I love to add as well. I feel like with pound cakes, it really sort of depends on my mood. If I want something lighter, I'll skip the glaze, I'll skip the icing, and I'll serve it plain. And it's just wonderful. And if I want something more decadent, that's when I reach for, like, the caramel. (laughs) Yeah. And it sounds like you could also, and I think you do this with the 7-Up cake and I think with the lemon, too, but you can also pull that, pull an ingredient from the cake to make the glaze. Like, is the glaze for the 7-Up cake made with 7-Up? Am I remembering that right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually, and you really taste the 7-Up there, too, because... You know, it, it's fresh out the can, and you just added some sugar to Yum. it. <laughs> and I'm not sure I've ever done it, but I bet you could make, like, a sour cream confectioner sugar glaze. Oh, I'm, 100%, oh right? we should try. Yum. That would be so tangy. Yeah, it would me. be so tangy. That would be nice. That would be really nice. Thin it out a little bit. That would be really nice. Well, Jocelyn, I cannot thank you enough for doing a deep dive with me on Pound Cake. I mean, I just, all I can say is you are my cherry pie. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. That's it for today's show. Thank you to Plugra Premium European Style Butter for their support. Don't forget to subscribe to She's My Cherry Pie on your favorite podcast platform. And tell your baking buddies about us. Make sure to check out other episodes and learn from the top bakers and pastry chefs around, including Erin Jean McDowell, Natasha Pickowitz, and Zoe Francois. She's My Cherry Pie is a production of the Cherry Bomb Podcast Network and is recorded at CityVox Studio in Manhattan. Our producers are Carrie Diamond and Catherine Baker, and our associate producer is Jenna Sadu. Thank you so much for listening to She's My Cherry Pie. And happy baking!